Hello and thank you for checking out the Hopewell Valley Student Podcasting Network, a proud partner of the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network, where students come together to publish student-driven content to share with the world. This network empowers students to become content creators for all different types of digital mediums. For more student-ran podcasts, blogs, artwork, and content, please check out the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network at www.hvspn.com. The opinions represented within the digital content are those of the content creators. Now please, enjoy the following podcast episode. Welcome to my AP Biology Thoughts Podcast. My name is Morgan Bernstein, and I'm your host for episode number 59 in Unit 2, Cell Structure and Function, which is active transport. Today, we'll be discussing endocytosis, exocytosis, and pumps. First, we have to know that within any cell, things are always moving. Proteins need to get places, waste has to be excreted, and food is consumed. However, there are certain processes by which by which these things move around, the two umbrella terms being passive transport and active transport. In accordance with their names, passive transport happens without using up any energy, almost like a habit. However, active transport occurs within a vesicle and does require energy for the particles to move. Active transport is what we will be discussing in this episode, but be sure to check out episode 58 to learn about passive transport as well. So, we know that active transport requires energy, but why does it when other types of movement happen spontaneously? This is because active transport goes against the concentration gradient or usual rule that is put in place for cellular movement. In active transport, things are moving from an area of low concentration to an area of high concentration, which disrupts equilibrium and therefore requires extra energy to happen at all. Active transport can take place across a cell membrane or even within the cell itself, so let's take a look at some examples. The first type of active transport is one that does cross a cell membrane barrier and it is known as the sodium-potassium pump. This process transports two potassium ions into the cell and takes three sodium ions out, relocating them to the extracellular fluid outside of the membrane. This works because of a very special protein in the plasma membrane, which is the pump in the sodium-potassium pump. The three sodium ions bind to the carrier protein pump inside the cell and are transported out using the energy available from ATP. The pump, or protein, then changes shape to allow for the potassium ions to bind to it as well and pumps those inside of the cell membrane where they are transported for use in the cell before the process repeats. It is important to note that there is a higher concentration of potassium ions inside the cell than outside and a higher concentration of sodium ions outside the cell. So this pump is going against the concentration gradient and is therefore a form of active transport requiring energy. Another form of active transport comes in endocytosis and exocytosis. Although these are pretty big words, I think we can break them down. First, cytosis means cell, which is present in both terms. Endo sounds like enter and cytosis as cell, so endocytosis means into the cell. Exo can be similar to exit, again with cytosis as cell, so we can conclude that exocytosis means exiting the cell. Endocytosis occurs when things need to be brought into the cell across the membrane, but cannot go through a pump like the one we just discussed for sodium and potassium. 
Endocytosis happens inside a vesicle, which is basically a small cellular bubble that holds and transports other molecules and ions. If a cell needed to bring something across the membrane, such as food or water, it would do so using a vesicle and endocytosis. The molecular ion outside of the cell is enclosed by a part of the plasma membrane forming the vesicle. From there, the vesicle is able to bring the molecule through the membrane and branch off to be transported to any part of the cell that it will be used at. Once again, this process requires energy. Exocytosis happens when the cell needs to export proteins or excrete waste products, and it is also a type of energy requiring active transport. In endocytosis, the necessary protein or waste products are inside of a transport vesicle already, and this vesicle connects with the plasma membrane. The contents are then able to be moved through the membrane and released into the outside environment. Active transport has many connections to our Unit 2 about cells and to biology in general. First, this type of transport goes against the rules used for any other cellular movement, such as osmosis or diffusion. Usually, we are moving things from a high concentrated area to a low concentrated area, so it is important to remember that active transport is the opposite and therefore requires energy to take place at all. Secondly, these processes are all due to the selective permeability of the plasma membrane in cells. Without the intricate structure of phospholipids and protein, either everything or nothing would be able to enter and exit a cell. This would completely disrupt the homeostasis of our bodies and other living things, and active transport wouldn't even be a thing. Additionally, active transport would not occur either without the help of transport vesicles and protein pumps. Since potassium is a charged ion, it would never be able to pass through the nonpolar phospholipid bilayer and would have no way of entering the cell if not for the sodium-potassium pump and integral membrane protein. It is important to remember the characteristics and functions of the cell membrane and organelles when studying types of cellular movement such as active transport. We can also connect active transport to the most basic of everyday activities, eating and drinking. Two specific types of endocytosis are phagocytosis and pinocytosis. I know they are more big words, but these just mean cellular eating and cellular drinking, respectively. Without endocytosis and active transport, cells would be unable to get a, a essential nutrients needed to function, just like humans can't function when they are hungry or dehydrated. Lastly, I want to touch on one more type of cellular transport that requires energy, which is transcytosis. This is movement across a cell and also takes place within a vesicle. Transport vesicles move proteins or other important macromolecules to various regions of the cell to perform necessary processes. This transport is necessary for the making of proteins, connecting active transport back to the central dogma of biology. Transport vesicles take ribosomes to the endoplasmic reticulum and Golgi apparatus where DNA translation and RNA transcription are performed to eventually make a protein for use inside and outside of the cell, which is the central dogma of biology. Thank you for listening to this episode of My AP Biology Thoughts. For more student-ran podcasts and digital content, make sure that you visit www.hvspn.com. Until next time!